New York, New York, the city that never sleeps, the Big Apple, has always had a problem with alligators in the sewers and rats everywhere else. I understand the alligator problem is under control, but the rat issue, worse than ever. Rat sightings in New York City have reached an all-time high in the past year, prompting the mayor, prompted by my next guest, to post a job ad in search of a rat czar of sorts, someone to lead the city's latest war on the prolific rodents. And let me warn you, Rats have sex 20 times a day. Sochi Gonzalez is a staff writer for The Atlantic and the New York Times best-selling author of Olga Dies Dreaming. She's written a great piece for The Atlantic about uh, New York's unstoppable rats and she joins me from my favourite part of uh, New York, that's Brooklyn, with the world's second-best museum, and a few million rats. I understand, <laughs> I understand, so gee, that your family was in the pest control business in Brooklyn. <laughs> so, yes, my extended family, my aunt and my uncle had a pest control business um, in Flatlands, Brooklyn, and it's a bit more uh, sort of closer to Long Island. And I would schlep there every weekend, and that was my high school job. On the weekends, I would go and I'd work the front desk and I'd help people identify their bugs. And I would take calls um, if they had a raccoon in the attic or, <laughs> a or a rat in the house or in the backyard. And so I really did sort of grow up in the business, which kind of made um, reporting about this and talking to the rodentologist community uh, a lot more fun, actually. So if I ring up and was worried about a hornet's nest, you could do something about it. But you have learnt the painful truth that it's very hard to deal with rats. Oh, it's so hard. And in fact, you know, our mayor himself has a, a property here in Brooklyn and he's had several rat citations. And I, I've actually felt for the mayor in this case because, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a job he does. When you live in such close, close proximity the way that we do in New York, my rat problem is only as good <laughs> as my neighbor's pest control. <laughs> so. Now, rat sightings have doubled in the past year. Yes, and they're at an all-time high. It's really never been higher than since the pandemic. Um, the pandemic sort of drove them above ground. You know, all of us sloppy New Yorkers were uh, underground eating our snacks and throwing our trash on the floor of the subways and onto the the, the, the the subway rails, and that was just rat paradise. You know, they would just camp out in the train stations and near fast food restaurants, which are often near train stations. And then all of those places, when we went into lockdown, were just shut down. And so it sort of drew the rats above ground and it allowed them to realize that there are lots of other food sources besides the subways. You know, they could be on the, the our trash cans on the sidewalk. They can be in our little sidewalk cafes that popped up during the pandemic. And so they've really just been, um, you know, it sort of brought them out from our peripheral vision into the forefront. Now, the rats may uh, not have found their nemesis, but in you they've certainly found a threat because you wrote a <laughs> tongue-in-cheek open letter to the mayor calling for the appointment of that rat czar. Well, yes, you know, and I don't know how things have been in Sydney, but in New York, we've been struggling since the pandemic. You know, we've, um, it really, uh, it sort of quieted down our streets 
We have as many places in the country have a, a homeless problem. We've had a lot of drug problems uh, kind of out in the street. And what I sort of thought was that these are all very, very difficult problems, very hard problems for anyone to solve, even the greatest political um, political mind, you know, to, to kind of wrap their heads around. But the rats originally to me seemed well, this seems like something that we could at least seem like we could get under control. And if we just had one person that seemed like all they were thinking about was rats, the rats are like the blight on a movie set, right? Like, it's like, if you say, let's make this seem as seedy as possible. Somebody says, cue the rats, and they make them walk into the scene in any movie. And so I just sort of thought if we could just have one person, a rat czar, if you will, to be in charge of rats, we could all sleep better at night knowing that even though they might still be out there, somebody else was thinking about it all and, day and, and all and night. And Mayor Adams took you uh, took you quite seriously in a funny sort of way. Well, yes. You know, I never got so many messages or calls as the day that they posted that job announcement looking for the rat czar. And it's, you know, and I, I have to say, I, I thought it was an original position, but it actually is a refurbished position. Um, his job description was quite colorful, but this was a, a, a role that was created in the Giuliani administration and versions of it had existed even before that. But Mayor Adams asked for a bloodthirsty rat-obsessed New Yorker to come in and tackle this big problem. And um, there was it was part of sort of a late fall rat initiative, I'd say, where there was a, a lot of press conferences and tough talk about rats. <laughs> I would like you to tell me when these brown rats arrived, because they're the issue. Well, <laughs> I have to say, I was shocked to realize that rats are about as old as America itself. Um, that came over sometime early in the revolution. And uh, though we're not completely sure where on the East Coast in the colonies they landed, most people think it was New York. And it was a really, I mean, talk about uh, the perfect union. You know, we were a, a messy, gritty city. Horses would die and we just let their corpses rot in the streets. And there was no place for trash. And there couldn't have been a greater pigsty for rats to find a home <laughs> and, and it was it's been the perfect biological ecosystem for them ever since so they are literally part of our the fiber of our country if you will <laughs> we've got a saying i'm sure you have it too that uh, something breeding like rabbits but rabbits are amateurs when it comes to breeding i've mentioned that rats have uh, sex as many as 20 times a day and six litters a year yes if it's a cold year, you know, they they can mate up to as frequently as uh, sort of have a litter uh, every 20 to 25 days. So, um, you know, really that six litters a year is sort of a modest estimate given uh, that we have seasonal temperatures, given that rats die. But, uh, you know, part of it is that as things have gotten a little bit warmer, they're able to eke out a few more litters a year. And we've also, as they have a steadier food supply, they are able to sustain more of those little baby rats. I was telling you off air that uh, when I first came to New York, I was appalled to learn that a frequent cause of infant mortality in Harlem was rat bite in the cradle. But you can date that back a long, long time. Oh, yes. I think it was 1863 um, at Bellevue Hospital. Um, and it was an Irish servant girl who had just given birth. And she thought there was a cat in the bed, but it was actually a rat. And it ate her baby. 
Um, and there was Bellevue was built over sort of a, um, a it's built quite close to the Hudson River and it was a it was marshland at that time and so really they sort of had just been swim swam up and into the plumbing system and then into the hospital and they'd overtaken the hospital and so really uh, but it should be noted that like they've always kind of been afflictions of, that have most affected the poorest and most under-resourced New Yorkers um, for a lot of reasons, you know, usually location being less optimum. Um, you know, at one point there was, a, a we were dumping all of our garbage onto Rikers Island to kind of get it away from the, you know, the, the, the Manhattan elite. And then suddenly they decided, well, we should also put a prison there, but it was like rat paradise, right? So they opened this prison farm and all the rats just went all away and ate all the prisoners food. They ate the prisoners pigs. I mean, they ended up finally having to sort of mass exterminate the island because the rats had been swimming into the suburbs. So it's really, uh, it's been a problem for New York forever. We're just at this in interesting tipping point where it's become not just a problem for the the poor um, and the marginalized, it's been become a problem for all New Yorkers. <laughs> I've just thought of the perfect candidate to be your rat czar, the Pied the Piper of Hamlin. Now, yes. <laughs> so rat populations explode in the 20th century and in 1949 the city appoints its first, well, rat czar. What was the job? Yes. The job was sort of a, a, a rat control captain, and it was mainly because of an outbreak. And this is sort of the cycle, right? There ends up being an outbreak in one particular neighborhood where something is particularly like, usually it's a spectacle of rats, right? Like an, a, a woman is attacked by a gang of rats in an alley. There's like an outcry for a rat help. A baby dies. There's an outcry for rat help. Like it's usually a very public spectacle of, of a rat disturbance. And this was, again, um, an issue in Brooklyn that's prompted that 1949 rat czar appointment. And then there's often a scramble politically to figure out something to do. And, um, and in a few instances, particularly the first time in 1949, the idea was, well, let's find one person to be the point person about rats. <laughs> and then that mayor was, I, I believe, um, forced to step down in a scandal before that person could even take office, actually. <laughs> so. I mentioned that when I first came to New York, there was a rat plague in, in Harlem. And that reminds me, of course, that rats come not only with a stigma, but uh, it overlaps with stories of racism and classism. It's very true. So, you know, it's interesting. The reason why rats tend to um, come into cradles with a sort of like horrific nightmare vision is because, you know, they're relatively blind. They, they, they're they burrowing animals, but what they can smell is food. And so babies tend to have food, that little milk around their mouth or a little food, dirty food around their little their hands after a snack and uh, or after they've had their bottle. And so they go into the cradles more because of that. But the question then becomes, why are they in these buildings? And it's like, well, they're in these buildings because these buildings are old. They're run by slumlords who are not tenants. They don't fill holes at the foundation. They have had like holes with it. There's uh, holes or a rat's pair, like a rat's best friend, right? That's how they get into and get in from the outside into the inside from the inside into the apartment. And so a lot of the time when you would see those things, it was the result of having sort of people living in these tenements that were just so poorly maintained. And then on top of that, there was the 
institutional, like sort of citywide issue where certain areas, and this goes even into Mayor Bloomberg's administration, into contemporary times, where some neighborhoods just were being better serviced by the sanitation department. It was funny, there was a story that is, is in part of my article, where in, in 1969, there was a parade of rats across Park Avenue. And everybody was just like horrified by this, right? They're like, these are rats from Harlem. Well, scientifically, that's not possible, right? They were like, these are not Park Avenue rats, they're rats from Harlem. Scientifically, rats can only go about, I don't know, 500 meters from maybe where their nest is. But what it was is that they weren't meant to be there. They were meant to be in Harlem. And it was ironic because that same summer, um, the Young Lords, which is sort of like a Puerto Rican equivalent to the, the Black Panther Party, staged a garbage offensive to protest the city's neglect of their, their neighborhoods of the Lower East Side of East Harlem, of Harlem, for all of the, the, the lack of garbage service. Like there was just trash piled up. And so they piled all that trash into the streets to stop buses and traffic. And that was how they got more equitable trash service in those neighborhoods to try to combat the rat problem. So, Chiel, I am very sympathetic to anyone with a rat problem. I live on a farm a long way ah. from Sydney and uh, we've had floods, we've had bushfires, we've had uh, droughts. But mm. a couple of years ago we had a rat plague and it was the most appalling and financially costly of all our yes. issues. We had rats that literally destroyed two cars, for example, just by, yes. uh, you know, eating all the cables and tearing the upholstery mm -hmm. together to... So uh, I wish we had a rat czar. And, of course, as you point out, the normal methods of trying to keep well, garbage tidy is via plastic bags. That's nothing to a rat. Nothing. Nothing at all. And it's been really interesting. I think it's funny how, like, convenience um, is one of the things that's sort of gotten us into this situation, right? A, a, a trash bag, a garbage bag, a plastic garbage bag that you put out to the sidewalk and never think of again is much easier to maintain than a stinky metal trash can or a plastic garbage pail. But that is 1,000% what has the—you can note the correlation between— the widespread adoption of plastic trash of plastic garbage bags and the abandonment of you know dumpsters at, for restaurants and and trash pails outside of apartments and apartment buildings and homes with the population and rats since the widespread adoption of of those bags rat boom the rat population boom has gone up i think 800% in uh, new york well currently uh, eric adams is funding a, a containerization pilot isn't he to to give uh, new yorkers access to rubbish collection bins. Yes, and I hope he I, I, he can't do it fast enough. Um, it is going to be a challenge, like in my talking with the exterminating community, a challenge of that is in Manhattan and in parts of Brooklyn and Queens and, you know, throughout the city, there are larger apartment buildings and the issue with containerization and containerization in those kinds of buildings is 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 a lot because their garbage containers might take up half a city block. So uh, we're in a challenge with what our architecture, um, our contemporary architecture, the number of our the, the the vastness of our population, and what we sort of need to do to get this under control. They're they're not always co in complement with one another. Now, many citizens have lost faith in the city. Enter the vigilantes. Tell me about R-A-T-S. <laughs> R-A-T-S is one of the greatest things that I, I, I've never been more amused and also impressed by a group of citizens. 
They uh, spawned up in the 90s. Um, There was a Lower East Side rat outbreak at a public housing project there that spread sort of all throughout the Lower East Side. And this young group of then young, now they're sort of middle aged group of vigilantes formed a volunteer rat army where they they armed with their dogs go out on rat hunts um, and attempt to capture and maul uh, as many rodents as they can in it, when they get calls from local neighbors about a, a particular infestation. Um, and they have a waiting list. Uh, they have a waiting list. They. Um, I guess, you, I guess you're on that list, are you? <laughs> you know, my dog, well, my dog isn't quite the ratter. He's a cavalier Cavalier King Charles, but uh, you know what? Who knows? Maybe I should take him out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask you this, uh, so Chiel, before I let you go, what about climate change? Well, yes, you know, climate change, the big part about it is our temperature has gone up, I think, between uh, 1.8 and 2.5 degrees here in New York on average every winter. Um, the number of cold days, you know, we might have a few brutally cold days, but the number of warm days is a lot. And what that means is really that it's just more of a chance each year, even if every set of rats only eked out one extra litter. When you multiply that by how many rats we currently have, that one extra litter is a lot of extra rats. Um, And so, you know, it's climate change and the warming. It's just that it's created a longer term of hospitable circumstances for them to dwell and survive. The war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on terror all come and and fail. And it looks as though the war on rats is also going to be on that list. (laughs) It's true. And I think it's mainly because this is a battle of science and not politics. And I hope that whoever the rat czar is, I hope he's our Fauci of rats. I think it should be a she, and I'd like to put you up for the job as as an additional job to all your wonderful writings. Look, thanks for this chilling encounter. I've been talking to uh, Sechiel Gonzalez, staff writer for The Atlantic, on the unstoppable rats of New York. On our next, it's been a significant year for uh, Rupert Murdoch, In September, he uh, handed over the reins of Fox and News Corp to some Lachlan, but uh, where did it all begin? South Australian writer Walter Marsh will take us to the streets of Adelaide where a 22-year-old Rupert made his start in the news game. See you then. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.